You're listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Here's what's coming up in today's edition. Forgiveness will pull the pin out of the grenade of anger. It'll defuse anger quicker than anything. Forgive because God forgave you. What is it that sets you off? You're not walking around just getting mad to be mad. Something is setting it off. Rejection, failed expectations, not getting your way, something being withheld from you, loss, something triggers it. You've got to take the gun out of the devil's hand. Isn't forgiveness one of the hardest things to accomplish? When someone wrongs us and there's no reason why we should let them off the hook, do we show them mercy or do we let resentment take over? Today, Pastor Jeff explains that if you want to experience growth and renewal in the relationships you cherish most, you need to turn to God. The only way to show love to those who don't deserve it is by the grace of God. Let His mercy pour through you and be a transformed creation. Well, let's join Pastor Jeff in the book of Psalms, chapter 101, as he continues his message, Danger of Anger in the Home. Let me give you a little bit of a sense of relief. Everybody gets angry. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us to get angry. Did you know that? Be angry. Gives us permission right there. Be angry, but sin not. Everybody gets angry. The Bible says we ought to handle it wisely. Here's what Paul said, quote, go ahead and be angry, but don't stay angry. Don't go to bed angry. Don't give the devil that kind of foothold in your life. None of us, if we heard a knock on the door and looked out through the peephole and saw somebody standing there with a gun and a knife dressed in black with a hood over their face, would we even think about unlocking the door and letting them in? And yet, when we walk around with angry hearts in our home, we're opening the door wide for the thief and the murderer and the liar and the killer called the devil to walk into our homes and wreak havoc because we're walking around angry instead of walking in the love and the peace of God. Paul says, go ahead and be angry. Just don't go to sleep on it. Don't stay that way. Because if you do, you give the devil an opening into your home. And we don't want the devil any more than we want a six foot Western diamondback rattlesnake in our living room. Do we want the devil to have a foothold on our home? Some people literally draw energy from anger. They walk around intentionally stoking anger because anger gives them a sort of an energy, a a thrust in life. They, They live and they feed off of anger. Yet somebody wrote, it's tantalizing to feed on our anger, but in doing so, you are wolfing down yourself. The skeleton at the feast is you. Scripture identifies two kinds of anger that I really believe people walk around in their homes in angry people. Let me tell you folks, there's a lot of angry Christians. They love the Lord, but something way back happened. They got hurt, they got wronged, or they were around somebody that just walked in anger all the time and they learned their ways. And there are angry Christians. They're angry. They're angry in their home. They're angry at the job. They're angry driving down the highway. They're mad at life, sometimes mad at God. They, they, they lash out at different things, but the bottom line is they just have a spirit of anger that's operating in their life. Now, there's two different kinds of anger that operate in an individual according to the Bible. The first is a Greek word called orge. Orge means a settled 
indignation. This anger is the kind of anger that simmers beneath the surface like lava beneath a volcano that hasn't yet erupted. It's the type of anger that you find all the time seeking out revenge. I'm going to get them. I'm going to I'm never, I forgive you, but I'm not going to forget. I'm going to get you someday. I'm going to find you. I'm looking for you. And when they walk in the sanctuary, they get the eye <laughs> from you. Orge anger is the grudge holding, unforgiving, bitter kind of anger. Listen, you don't have to be 10 years old to have it, to nurse it, to rehearse it. That bitter kind of anger, unforgiving. Teenagers walk around with this a lot. Mad at the parents, mad at the authorities, mad at everybody, mad at life. See, what we don't understand is when we walk in anger, it opens the door for Satan to come in and lead us into things that we would never have done before. Anger is a, is a gateway, it's a doorway. And orge kind of anger can last a lifetime. There are people who live and die angry. They live and die mad. I've known a few. They've been mad all their life. They've never known anything else. They're just angry people. They're just angry. You don't have to talk to them long before it spills out. It just erupts from them if you talk to them just for a little bit. How sad to live your life angry, to live your life mad instead of glad, instead of having joy. And this orge anger one little thing that it pulls off is it leads some people into passive-aggressive behavior. Passive-aggressive, especially in the home, catch this, passive-aggressive behavior happens when we indirectly express negative feelings, indirectly, subtly, instead of openly addressing them. We're Christians, so we can't be walking around erupting but we're angry, so how do I get it out? Well, it comes out in little, subtle ways. And there is a disconnect. If you live with a passive-aggressive person very long who's in passive-aggressive anger, there's a disconnect between what a passive-aggressive person says and what they end up doing. So in the home, a spouse pretends that he or she is not angry, but at the same time, they're venting anger in covert ways. It looks like this. He or she says, do you forgive me? Yes, dear, is the reply. Everything is fine. And they burn your dinner. <laughs> I hope you enjoy this. I forgive you. Or how about this one? Are we, are we okay? Yes, they reply. I feel so much better. And they don't talk to you for a week. You get the silent treatment. You get the cold war at home. Passive aggressive behavior. Because, listen, if you've got anger in you, it's going to come out. It's going to come out. One way or the other, it's going to get out. The second kind of anger is thumos. Thumos. That's the Greek word. It refers to an angry outburst. This is the road rage kind of anger, the scorched earth kind of anger if you're around me when I blow, you better pray because you're going to be scorched. It quickly blazes up and just as quickly it subsides. This person is a walking, talking hurricane. Say or do the wrong thing and the home is filled with the storm of their rage. The pets run and hide and the kids lock themselves in the bedroom. They know you. 
So you can either have, you can either have this simmering underneath anger you walk around with all the time, or you can blow, but either way, Anger is corrosive to a marriage, it's corrosive to the home, it's corrosive to relationships, and guess what, it's corrosive to your body and your life. Anger will ulcerate your body, it'll fill your stomach full of ulcers, it'll raise your blood pressure, it'll shorten your lifespan, it'll take your sleep away from you. Anger will destroy the quality and the quantity of your days. James said, the wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. The continual pelting of the raindrops of anger slowly rusts away the joy and the strength of your household because there's somebody mad in there. Somebody that I'm really afraid is going to blow or somebody that I know is sending me mixed signals and is still mad at me. There's anger. There is a rattlesnake in the living room. There's anger in the house. Now, Here's the good news. The good news is that the causes of anger can be identified and successfully removed. Amen. Now, you're going to have to make up your mind. First of all, be honest with yourself. And are you an angry person? Do you blow easy? Are you always walking around ticked about something? Mad? Simmering underneath? Well, let me give you two main causes for anger in the home. Here's the first one. Here's a big one. Are you ready? Not getting our way. Not getting our way. I think, now you say, well, that, I don't think that's mine. Well, hang on. <laughs> hang on. <laughs> Not getting our way. See, Paul said, when I was a, became a man, I put away childish things. But there are people who are 40, 50, 60, 30, ought to be adults, but they walk around with this attitude. Here it is. It's all about me. And as long as I get what I want, hang on, y'all. I haven't even finished yet. We got clappers. I hope you're alone. <laughs> I'm going to start over. Here's the attitude that these people have. It's all about me. And as long as I get what I want, when I want it, we're going to get along just fine. Now, what does a child do? I want my, and if I don't get my, I'm going to throw a tantrum. What's the parent's job? To teach them that that's not the way you deal with life. But sometimes that's not done. And so junior turns into senior and gets married and has a family. And they've only learned one thing. I get my way. It's my way or the highway. And if you don't do it my way, we got trouble coming. Let me tell you something. If that's you, don't get married. Don't do it. I'm not kidding. Let me give you a newsflash. Marriage and the home are not all about you. And you're right to have all your needs met. That's the message the world gives us. We read movie stars divorcing all the time. What do they say? Well, you know, it just wasn't meeting my needs. It just wasn't meeting my needs. It was all about me and myself and I. See, we have a Godhead we worship. God the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. But the world has another one. Me, myself, and I. And they worship at the altar of me, myself, and I. But not Christians. And so the world gives us this message. If your needs aren't being met, it's all about you. You need to get out. 
And when our perceived rights are violated, I've got a right to this, a right to that, right to go here, right to do this, right to do that. I'm earning the money, so I've got the right to do what I want. We get angry. But the Bible teaches that life, marriage, and the home are about this, learning the fine art of unselfishness. As a matter of fact, you want to get rid of unselfishness? Get married. Because it'll get rid of it out of you at warp speed. Or your relationship will be in trouble. Now, as a Christian, here's what it comes down to. The Bible says that our model is not the world. Be not conformed, put into the mold of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of the mind. What is the renewing of the mind? When you learn the way Jesus thinks, acts, talks, lives, and you take it onto yourself. The Bible says that our model is Jesus. Listen to what he did. Ephesians 5.25 says Jesus loved the church and gave himself for her. Gave himself for her. If Jesus had been selfish, we wouldn't be here. We'd be lost in our sins, going straight to a devil's hell. Probably wouldn't even be a world right now. It would have imploded by now. John echoed the same thought, saying, He, Jesus, laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives, listen to this, for the brethren. Well, who's the brethren? Who's the closest brethren to us? Family. We ought to lay down. Well, wait a minute, that's not my philosophy. I thought they were going to lay it down for me. But no, to get rid of anger in the home, we need to learn to give up our rights. But I've got a right to that TV show. I've got a right to that meal. I've got a right to this and that and the other. No, you don't. Who told you that? Well, Pastor Jeff, now you're going into a zone that I don't witness to. <laughs> I want you to listen to this. Jesus looking at Pilate who had said to him, don't you know that I could take you out right now? Jesus said, contraire. Do you think that I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels and you would be toast? 12 legions being 70,000 angels. 70,000 angels and you, Pilate, would cease to exist. You would be an ash pile, but you know what? I don't. I can, but I won't. I could, but I shan't. Why? Because I'm going to have to lay down my life for the world. That's the only way this is going to work. So I will not use my right to call the angels to come rescue me. And believe me, they were perched on heaven's edge watching this scene, swords drawn, waiting for one word. So he says in Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4, think about this in relation to the home. Let nothing be done through selfishness, but let each person consider others more important than himself. Whoa! Consider others more important than me? What are you talking about? didn't say more valuable than. It didn't say you're supposed to be walking around with an inferiority complex. It said, I want you to consider the needs of others as being more pressing than your own. In other words, live unselfishly. 
So clearly, it's not all about me. He says, let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others in the home. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. How did Jesus think that way? He said, your needs are more important than mine. I will lay down my life. I'm going to lay down my life. I'm going to give my life. I'm going to lay down everything for you because I want to redeem you. And he says, let that mind be in you. Give up your rights. Lay down your life in the home. Can you imagine how many arguments would never happen if somebody simply said, that's okay. I don't have to have my way. You know why there'd be no arguments? They'd all be fainted on the floor. (laughs) Did he just say, I don't have to have it my way? Well, I thought you were really big on getting your, no. Hey, God takes care of me. I don't have to have it my way. Watch your show. Or I'll I'll eat that hideous stuff you eat. I don't like, you know, I don't like, uh, you know, I don't like jalapenos on pizzas and all that, but, but go ahead, go ahead. I don't have to have it my way. I'll just pick them off. That's all right. I mean, listen, churches split over what color the carpet's going to be. I mean, we got to get past this stuff, folks. That's exactly what Jesus did. That's the way he thought. That, 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 that settles so many things right there. But here's the second cause and the last cause of anger in the home failed expectations, or this is not what I signed up for. Here we have the person that entered marriage with a list of expectations that were not grounded in reality. Most couples, I'm going to say most, most, all that I've ever known, soon discover the marriage is not the love boat. The love boat. (laughs) It's not it. With happy music playing in the background and romance magically ironing out all the wrinkles that pop up every once in a great while. Sometimes marriage is more like a jet ski. (laughs) Scary, bumpy, unpredictable. Other times it's like a canoe. You're both rowing hard for every inch you gain. Sometimes it's like the Titanic. We hit an iceberg and we are going down. (laughs) And guess what? Good news, sometimes it is the love boat. Life is good, the scenery is breathtaking and you wonder if it could get any better than this. But here's the truth. It's going to be all four in a mix. Jet ski one day, canoe another season, Titanic another season, love boat another season. If we think our high expectations are usually dashed, if we think it's going to be good and perfect just because we're in love, Those expectations are dashed on the rocks of reality and we become angry people. So either walk around blown up if anger is there or simmering underneath. Let me give you three quick tips on dealing with it if there's anger in your home or anger in your life. One, own up to it. Own up to it. Don't pull the passive aggressive stuff. We see it. We pick up on it. We're not stupid. You say you're not mad, but you're acting mad. You're telling me everything's okay, but clearly it's not. Own up to it. Have a little sit down. If you need a mediator, get one. If you need a bodyguard, get one. (laughs) And just say, (laughs) and just say, uh, I'm angry. There's this and there's that, and I'm angry. And and I don't want to hide anymore. I'm, I'm angry. What are you angry about? Let's talk about it. Confess your faults one to another, James wrote. Pray for one another. 
that you may be healed. There should never be a secret between you and your spouse. If you're married, never, be a, never let a secret get in between the two of you. Keep an open book. Satan moves in the dark corners of secrets. Don't let a secret get in. Get it out and get it out fast and let the chips fall and give it to God. Confess your faults to one another. Second, deal with anger quickly. Don't let anger sit and simmer. Don't let the sun set, as we've already said, and with you still angry. I did a marriage a while back, and there was an a, a old preacher there in his 80s, I guess, low 80s. He'd been married like 60-something years or 60 years, long time. And I said, what's your secret? And he said, the guy that married us told me one thing, and I always observed it. What was that? He's told us, never go to bed angry. He said, we've always observed that. Sometimes we had some real late nights, <laughs> but we've always observed it. Because you go to bed angry, you wake up settled in the anger, and you start nursing it, rehearsing it, and it starts cursing you. So you got to get rid of it. So forgive each other quickly. So I don't feel like forgiving. I never feel like forgiving. Welcome to the club. I'm mad. I want Texas justice. I want Texas justice. And then forgive and repent while they're down there. But God says, no, you forgive each other quickly. You say, well, what do I do if I don't feel like it? Say it. But aren't I supposed to feel it? You're not going to feel it. You're mad. Hello. Well, isn't that kind of lying? No, you're obeying God. Say it. I forgive you. I f -f 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 forgive you. It's easier than the second time and third time. You may have to say it 30 times in a day, but do it. Forgiveness will pull the pin out of the grenade of anger. It'll defuse anger quicker than anything. Forgive because God forgave you. What is it that sets you off? You're not walking around just getting mad to be mad. Something is setting it off. Rejection, failed expectations, not getting your way, something being withheld from you, loss, something triggers it. You've got to take the gun out of the devil's hand. So here's how you do it. All right, I notice that rush hour traffic really triggers it. How can anybody go this slow? This is not a highway, it's a no way. The only way it's a highway is you have plenty of time to say. So what triggers it? So I have to learn, I know what the devil's gonna do. He's gonna come at that. So I'm gonna reinforce that area with the scripture. And I'm gonna learn a different response because anger is a learned response. The Bible says in closing, don't even hang around with an angry man lest you learn his ways and get a snare for your soul. So, so anger is learned. It's learned. And you've got to get a hold of it and, and say, well, I'm going to learn a different response. So I'm going, to, I'm going to respond differently. And you retrain yourself. And you don't respond in anger anymore. So forgive quickly. Deal with it quickly. Learn the triggers. And if you're living with somebody, you're married... Tell each other the trigger so that they can try their best to not pull the trigger, but honor an area that's a soft spot for you. 
Can I tell you that your anger was dealt with on the cross? Jesus on the cross dealt with your anger problem. He took all the wrath of God on himself. And at the cross is your solution. We all have different home life experiences. Whether you grew up in a family that ate meals together, hardly ever saw your parents, or don't even feel like you have a family at all, it's safe to say that we all crave a family that will be there to take care of us. As Pastor Jeff explained today, if you want to feel accepted by a family that will always love and cherish you, then you need to choose God's family. He has always had a place for you in His kingdom. If you have questions or comments about what you've heard today, we'd like to know. You can call or text us at the following number and share your thoughts. That number to text is 817-484-4767. Once again, that's 817-484-4767. Thanks for being a part of this ministry and helping it continue to be an encouraging and uplifting resource for you and others. Have you ever experienced anger at your home life? When you're interacting with your significant other, your children or parents, is your first instinct to choose anger when things don't go your way? Pastor Jeff explains in his next message that if you want to experience real transformation in your most crucial relationships, you need to let God be in control of your life. Give your everything to Him and be renewed in your spirit. You won't experience change except through Him. There's more Pastor Jeff has to share from the series, Home Improvement. So be sure to join us again. If you missed any part of today's teaching, you can find it online at hardwired.org. We're so glad we could be part of your day today, and we pray you've been blessed by today's edition of Hardwired.